Tandem Nomads, episode 219. You are leaving so much money on the table. Following up is part of the sales process, not an extra thing to do on the side. And here is how you follow up effectively. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful, portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. This is probably the number one reason why most solo entrepreneurs struggle to make money. It is because they don't follow up. Is that you, Nomad Nation? Tell me honestly, how uncomfortable does it make you feel when you reach out to a potential client, make an offer and crickets, no news. And then you're like, mm, I don't want to bother them. Or maybe you do follow up, but then you still don't have an answer. And then you drop it. Is that you, Nomad Nation? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. I've been there and I still have sometimes to remind myself to not forget to follow up. Following up is part of the sales process. It's not a little thing to do extra. And I have some real statistics here to show you how much money you are leaving on the table when you don't follow up. According to IRS Solutions, a consulting firm on sales, 2% of the sales are made at the first contact. 3% are made at the second contact. 5% are made at the third contact and 10% are made at the fourth contact, when 80% are made at the fifth to twelfth contact. 80%! Can you believe it, Nomad Nation? So this is how much money you are losing when you don't follow up. But the other thing that this statistic is showing you is that people do take action when you follow up. We are going to talk about, first of all, the reasons why you might not be following up with your clients. But one of them might certainly be that you are afraid to bother people and that if people don't answer, it means that they don't want the offer that you are making, which this statistic shows you that it is not true when people don't answer to your message to your offer or to your call it does not necessarily mean that they are not interested and this is the first belief that you need to get rid of so that you can start to be comfortable following up tell that to yourself it is not true that when people don't follow up it means that they are not interested. This is the first myth that you need to debunk so that you can have the courage, but also follow up effectively and be in the right attitude and the right mindset to be at the service of the client when you follow up. 
and not from a place in an energetic place where you actually feel uncomfortable or even pushy. And that is actually the second belief that I know a lot of my clients struggle with, this fear of being pushy and being too slimy when you follow up. And in order to demystify this big limiting belief, you need to understand that when you follow up with your client, you are actually providing them a service. How many times it happened to me to not follow up with somebody because I'm busy. I have a lot of things to think about. And sometimes I just skip following up an email. I'm human like a lot of people. And trust me, a lot of people either are too busy or just forget to follow up or they feel they don't have the right information to actually make an educated decision to your offer. And this is where your follow-up is actually a service that you're providing to help them make the decision. It is not a process to push them to make the decision. And that's the second big thought that you need to shift. So remember, when you're following up, you're helping your clients make a decision. You are not pushing them to make a decision. You are providing them with the information they need to finally feel comfortable saying yes or no with no hesitation. And here is the third limiting belief that you need to debunk before even you start following up. I bet you that one of the main reasons why deep inside you are not daring to follow up is because of your fear of rejection. Fear of rejection is so human. It is completely normal. But this is definitely one of the big limiting beliefs that will stop you from growing a successful portable business. So here I'm going to take you a little bit back to my story when I was really young in my 20s. And one of the first jobs I've ever done was to sell encyclopedias door to door. Yes. For those who don't know me yet and didn't hear this story before, I have spent two years selling encyclopedias door to door. And this has been the best school of my life in terms of personal development and professional development. I've met the most amazing people and people who have marked my life forever, but I also learned so much about myself and my true potential during that experience. But one of the things that I've learned the most was this fear of rejection and realizing that sales is all, it's all about, first of all, listening, and we'll talk about that in a bit, being really good listener. It's not about talking and selling. If you're a good listener, you will know exactly what your clients need for this client to feel comfortable saying yes to your offer. But the second one is it's all about numbers. So what do I mean by that? I, for instance, knew that I needed three sales a day to be able to reach my revenue goals. But in order to make those three sales a day, I needed to knock at 90 doors. And from those 90 doors, I needed to have at least 20 to 30 sit downs 
20 to 30 people who actually opened their doors. So I needed to really knock a double the number of doors so that I can at least have one door that opens, let only having people who say yes. So among those 30 people who actually opened the door, only three would buy, which represents 10% of conversion only 10% of conversion. And that was at the end of my season when I was actually started to become a seasoned salesperson door to door. When I started, my percentage was much lower, was more around 3%. So I knew that I needed to knock even more doors so that I can convert those prospects into clients. So when you understand that number, that you need to actually reach out to people and the more you reach out, the more chances you will convert. Then you start realizing that that without rejection, you will actually never be able to sell. It is important to have rejections and the more faster a client rejects, the faster you can get to the next one. And that is where you want to have a mindset shift and embracing rejection as part of the sales process, just like following up. Because without rejections, you simply don't have sales. It is pure mathematical. There is no emotional aspect here. The only emotional aspect that you need is to make sure to have empathy for your clients, to really care for your clients and want to be there to support them in making the best decision for them. And trust me, when you have that mindset shift, your client will feel that energy. When you come from a place of fear, of doubts and insecurity, your client will feel it. And you might then come up as really pushy because you are pushing yourself to do something that you don't want to do. Whereas when you come back to your client with that real caring energy of supporting them in making their best decision, educated decision with your support, then suddenly you are here to help, as I said before. So in front of rejection, you need to be completely comfortable And say to yourself, it has nothing to do with you. When people say no to you, it means that it's not the right time for them or that they didn't have the right information to make the right decision for them. And that's where you can start being very pragmatic and learning how to do it effectively. And I will give you some tips about this later on. But key mindset shift here is to turn rejection into a place of fear to a place of opportunities because the more rejections you get, the faster you will actually get to your clients who will say yes. So what I really recommend you here is to sit down and to look at your numbers. Look at how many people do you need to reach out to for you to be able to convert into customers and reach your sales goals. And for that, I have a great resource where I share with you the formula of how to measure how many people you need to reach out to. And in marketing terms, we call them leads. So how many leads do you need to reach out to for you to convert them 
into sales. So in the show notes of this episode, I share with you my 3C system to turn your business into revenue and impact. I share with you the step-by-step process that I take my clients through to help them grow their portable business. And then the final step, it's called conversion. The third C stands for conversion. So in that part, you will find that formula for you to measure how many people you need to reach out to so that you can actually attain your goals and make your sales. And one number you will need to do that math is your conversion rate. So what I recommend you, this can take a bit of time to actually know what is your conversion rate. When you know that key number, that's what will help you really get better at improving that actual conversion rate. So in the market, especially on the online business world, the average really good conversion rates are around 10%. So I really recommend you to actually look at your numbers and start at a low place so that you don't feel overwhelmed and that you don't feel um, like pressured to reach those big numbers. It doesn't happen from a day to another. You need practice for you to start becoming good at following up and converting. So start around a percentage of two to three percent and then keep increasing as you keep note of your numbers and the improvements you're making. All right. So find that formula in the show notes of this episode and download your guidebook on tandemnomads.com slash 219. All right, so we talked about these three big limiting beliefs and myths that you need to debunk for you to really start following up effectively. The first one is to say that following up is bothering your clients. This fear is so not true. You need to remember that a lot of people are busy and that they are actually thankful when you do follow up with them. So is not bothering them. Number two, following up is too pushy. And here, the big limiting belief that you need to turn into opportunities here is to realize that following up is your opportunity to support and help your clients in giving them the information they need to make the best decision for them. Whether it's yes or no, you're just here to provide them what they need. And then the third limiting belief is following up that triggers your fear of rejection. And I shared with you here how actually rejection should be part of the process and something that you adopt and embrace as part of the process and even use a formula to track that rejection so that you can keep getting better at it, at supporting your clients and converting them into actual paying customers. All right. So only then you can look at how to follow up. And I'm going to share with you here some tips about this. Remember in the statistics that I shared with you at the beginning of this episode, it's only at the fifth time and more that the number of conversions increase for most salespeople. 80% of the sales happen after the fifth follow up. I'm actually going to share with you this link of where I found the statistic and also the infogram that they have that I found really insightful. So check it out. They have some great tips up there. So here you might feel like five months, 
five times a little too pushy. So if you don't feel comfortable with following up five times, I can now give you at least some tips that you can follow to follow up three times after you have made your first request. So these are particularly when you don't get an answer. I know, in fact, from working with my clients in my own case, the one time where we often hesitate is when we don't get an answer at all or when somebody says, I need time to think about it. So here is how you want to do it. Well, let's consider that you send your first offer and you don't get an answer. So the first way to do it is to simply forward the email. And in the show notes of this episode, you will also find the link to the blog of this episode. So check out, look for the blog version of this episode where I write down the key point of this episode inside. You will find some examples I'm going to share with you there as well that you could use as a template. So again, tandemnomads.com slash 219 and you will find the link to the blog there. So the first thing to do is to forward your email or forward your message or recall real quick and leave a voice message. But in any case, the first one is to simply forward what you already sent that was not answered to. You could simply, for example, if it's an email, forward that email and say, hi, just wanted to make sure you received my email on this date. And I'd love to hear if you're interested or have any questions I can address for you. And that's it. That's the first thing that you want to do when you follow up with your first email. Now, let's say this person answered, then great, you follow up the conversation and you really put yourself in a position of helping them collect the information and the knowledge they need to take the best decision for them. All right. But now let's say that they didn't, still did not answer to that email. Then you still want to reach out. And here you might also want to figure out another channel to reach out to them. Hey, maybe their emails are going to the spams and they're not seeing it. It's as simple as that sometimes. And trust me, it happens more often than you can think. Or again, they're simply too busy and just forgot to answer. So here, sometimes some people are more reactive on other channels than emails or the first one that you used. So try to find them in another platform, such as social media like LinkedIn, Facebook, or you can also text them by phone or even call them. So for the second follow-up, use another channel. Let's say, for example, you first sent an email and then you're going to follow up with them by LinkedIn messages. So here you could say something like, hi, I just wanted to make sure my emails are not getting into your spam boxes. As promised, I sent you the description of the XYZ program. Please let me know if you received it. Happy to answer any questions you might have. So you can see here, you're just asking them to tell you if they got it. It's not even about selling. Did you get it? And then they can answer to you. And depending on their answer, you can then continue the conversation. And now let's say they still don't answer. So here you want to be the one closing. So after multiple tries, at least three, if not more, you then want to be proactive at actually saying, hey, I've done my job, I followed up with you, now the ball is in your camp. Basically, this is the purpose of your last email. So this closing the conversation or the discussion message could look like something like this. 
So here I'm going to take a context so that this uh, example really works. So let's say that you are an English tutor or let's say that you are a tutor that helps children with their reading disabilities and you've been in touch with a parent to help their children with your tutoring services. So let's see um, how this example could look like. So I'm going to first read it and then I will dissect it for you. I have not heard back from you following to our conversation about the tailor-made tutoring program that I offered you to support your child with her reading challenges. I assume that you must be busy, but I hope you're doing okay. I just wanted to let you know that I'm leaving it in your hands if you'd like to get back to me when you're ready. That's it. As simple as that. So what happened in this email? First, I am making sure that my tone is caring and supportive. Like when I said, I suppose that you must be busy, but I hope you're doing okay. So here, it's not about making them feel bad that they didn't answer, just showing them that you understand that they might be in a situation where they can't. So that's the general atmosphere you want to give it. But as well, in your first sentence, first of all, you are summarizing what was your offer. You're summarizing, sorry, what was your offer. And then you are also highlighting what is the problem that you want to solve. So the offer is the tailor-made tutoring program. And the problem is support your child with his or her reading disabilities or reading challenges. So you can be as specific as you can. The, the more specific you are to the specific challenges of the client, the better it will be without having to go too much into the details. You really want to remind them what is the problem that they want to solve so that they really think about it again and maybe take then action to follow up with you. All right, so I shared with you now three ways that you can follow up to make sure that you don't leave money on the table. Now, let's say that this person does answer and says no. Hey, so here, typically what we do say, okay, thank you, bye-bye. No, this is not how it works. So, your opportunity to learn from a no is so big that you're also leaving money on the table when you just drop people who say no. So first of all, you want to understand why they said no. And if it's a firm no, also keep relationship with them. It doesn't mean that they say no right now, that they won't be ready another time. So it's really important that even if you get a no, that you don't dismiss this person once for all. You need to nurture that relationship and then keep in touch with them. But first, you also want to take time to understand what was the no about. So I'm going to give you some tips about this, how you can ask that. So the key, first of all, is to acknowledge that they said no and that you accept their rejection, that you're completely comfortable with that rejection. But also to let them know that you are reachable whenever they change their mind or have a question. And then right after that, you want to ask that question that helps you understand why they said no, because this is going to be key for you. And I show you why in a bit. But here is an example of how you can follow up. 
Thank you for your response. I totally respect your decision and please know that you can reach out to me anytime if you change your mind or have other questions I can assist you with. I'm looking forward to staying in touch. In the meantime, I would love to ask your feedback on my offer. What was missing for you to feel comfortable saying yes? Your feedback would be so valuable. Many thanks. And then you sign. And here you have it. So by the way, again, if you want to have this written version of this episode with all these notes and examples written, go to the show notes of this episode, tandemnomads.com slash 219, and find the link to the blog version of this episode where all these examples are written. So here, it's important to realize that first of all, if you have been mindful about building a relationship with this prospect, it will come very naturally for them to want to help you and answer your question. Also, in general, people want to help. At this point, when you formulate your question like this, you're not selling anymore, you're asking them for their feedback. So here, this feedback is going to be so key for you to actually become a better salesperson and increase that conversion rate that we were talking about before. In fact, when you make sure to learn about the reasons why people say no to your offer, the more you will become good at anticipating those objections before they even have to say yes or no to your offer. It's the key to selling, and that's another whole episode, is to anticipate objections. So for you to be able to anticipate objections the way you sell, you need to know what are the reasons people say no and what are the things that you can change in the way you present your offer so that they feel 100% comfortable that this is what they need. All right, so make sure to not leave it there when people say no. First of all, by following up and saying thank you and asking them for their feedback, but also, as I said before, by continuing the relationship with them and keep nurturing that relationship. It's not because they said no one time that, first of all, they will not need you again someday, or also, they might be great people for referrals. If they are your ideal clients, they might need or know, sorry, they might know other people who are also your ideal clients. So if you've made that effort to build true relationship with them, you can continue that relationship and make it feel natural, right? It's natural that you keep in touch. It's not anymore about sales. And it will prove them that the reason you reached out first place was not only about selling. It was about you. the reason that you care. So here are a couple examples of things you can do to keep that relationship. First of all, you can send them something helpful, even if they did not buy. Like once they say no to you, maybe you have a free resource you can send them to help them. It might not help them as well as when they work with you, but you could give them, for example, I don't know, a coupon, a taster, or a referral to somebody else who is maybe cheaper, maybe can't do the same thing exactly, but will help halfway. So make sure to be there fully committed to helping them even when they don't buy. The second tip here is to reach out regularly to see how they're doing. Hey, just checking in, how are things going? As simple as that. Also, birthdays, New Year's, celebrations are all great times to follow up and stay in touch with people. Don't forget that you have also postcards and snail mail. This can be also meaningful ways to continue the relationships. This is still something that can really show how much you care when you send a 
postcard to wish your, you know, congratulations or your sympathies and things like that. So keep in touch. And then the other thing is to also use your content as a way to keep them engaged. So once they say no, you can also say, hey, I have this free resource for you that could still help you. And if you sign up to my newsletter every week, I'll give a couple of tips to help you with that. If it might help you sign up so that I can also continue to support you and we can stay in touch whenever you want. Just send me a question right? So when you design your content, then also think about those people who say no. What do they need to know or feel so that they can at some point be much more ready to work with you or buy from you, all right? And final point, don't hesitate. If you really nurtured this relationship, you can easily ask them for referrals and ask them, hey, by any chance, I'm looking for people who are like you, who have this problem, and I have this solution for them. Do you know anybody who you would be able to recommend? Actually, I often say, ask them for actually a number. Say, I'm looking for three people to, for example, to provide them with this new a tutoring program could you send do you know any people who could fit or something like that so give them a number that usually sometimes that as well helps them to make a decision rather than making the question about yes or no I know somebody the question is more how many people do you know you see that's a little bit of a shift as well to have when you ask people to give you referrals and here is my last point about follow-ups. So I've shared with you a lot of tips about mindset, about pragmatic ways to follow up. But then one thing I know, and I am myself guilty of, is the fact that sometimes we just forget to follow up with people or we get so overwhelmed with a lot of things that this becomes just something that we let go off. And this is so key that you have a system in place to track your leads and warm up those leads that you have so that they lead you to actual sales and help you increase your conversion. So for that, to keep track of your your leads, there's many online tools out there, but there's one that I can recommend you that's called HubSpot. So in any case, if you want to be really good at following up and systematically doing it, you need a CRM which is, stands for Customer Relationship Management Tool. So HubSpot is one of the leading tools there. They have a free option, but then the more you want real support and, and have those great tools they have, um, there's some paid uh, offers as well. But with the free option, you can really already get started. I, for example, use HubSpot at the end of each conversation to keep notes of our own conversation last time and then put a reminder of the date where we have to follow up for the next call, for example. So while you are on that call, you actually type your notes directly on HubSpot and set up a reminder so that you receive an email reminder to follow up with a client. So if you do that systematically, you will not forget. All right. So use HubSpot and make it part of your daily work. Have an actual time in your calendar that I call money activity time. I have that, for example, every Monday I have my money activity time, which is all the things related to things that actually make money. And the key one that makes money is reaching out to people to make your offer, but most importantly, following up with you. So if you block that one hour or even just half an hour 
in your calendar every week to really systematically follow up with people. This will take you a long way and really help you turn all those fears into something very natural to do and that's part of your daily business. All right, I shared with you here with lots of tips on how to follow up. But remember, first of all, it's all about mindset. And I hope that you have debunked all those reasons that stop you from following up. And if you want pragmatic and more exercises to help you really learn how to build the systems in your business, again, make sure to download the workbook in the show notes of this episode on tandemnomads.com slash 219. And you'll be able to have that formula so that you can measure your conversion rate. I can't wait to hear from you when you download that workbook. You can find my email address as well or reach out to me on Instagram to share with me your feedback on this episode. Tell me Nomad Nation, will you be following up differently right now thanks to this episode? I want to know. Reach out. I can't wait to hear from you. All right Nomad Nation, see you in the next episode and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.